Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Our search for a general manager and a head coach begins today. It will be thorough, diligent, and exhaustive. And it will result in the best possible selections to lead the Bears to success. I've never been in this position so before, and, and for me, it's it's uh, I continue to to um, you know just go about business. I, I know this: whatever is supposed to happen will happen. The good news is you're fired. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. You guys, everybody has uh, a job that they need to do um, to create stories and to um, have have things to write about, both in a good way and, and sometimes negatively. You know that and that's that's a part of, of where we're at right now. With your hosts Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. There's true reports. There's false reports. You need to be able to create a wall. Hey, water boy, you're fired. Okay. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. Let's get it. Bears Nation Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 11th, year of our Lord 2022. And our longtime national nightmare has ended somewhat, partially. Um, We're not here to talk about the Vikings game. Who cares? It's over. Nobody cares about that anymore. Old news. Yeah, they lost whatever. Bears on the season. 6-11, blah, 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 whatever, who cares. Big news is yesterday morning, Monday, and you guys all know this, you're here for a reason, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been fired. But does it really even matter because you have the King Clown, the stooge, the just absolute buffoon that is ownership, that is George McCaskey still running the whole operation, running the ship, steering the ship, which may as well be the Titanic with him running it. So... A little bit of good, a little bit of bad. We're going to get into the just absolutely bananas bullshit that came out of George McCaskey's mouth um, yesterday. But, hey, man, it was a good four hours that we got to be excited to be Bears fans again. Was it four hours, five hours, something like that? It was It was a good range. Around 8.30 Central Time that it was announced Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were fired. Which, actually, so that I, was a I, roller coaster I, in and of itself. Because first... The chef to tweet, Matt Nagy has been fired. Right. And then we're all sitting there like, okay, is there going to be a follow-up? Like, is Ryan is Ryan Pace staying? Is Ryan Pace going? What's happening? And then I think, well, let's say like 15 minutes later or so, Schefter again, I, yeah. Ryan Pace has also been fired. Party in the streets. Get naked. Get crazy. Like, we're going streaking. Like, it was awesome. We, were, we had a great time. And then that was about 8.30. And then four and a half hours later, George McCaskey ruined it all. Dude, I woke up a little bit late too that day, so like I didn't even get the full four hours. I got like just a few hours where I woke up and I, I saw the tweets. You. I yeah. texted you and I was waiting. I was waiting for a Kevin Lapka response. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm sitting at work. Okay, time's going. And then like, th- yeah, like an hour and a half later, this idiot wakes up. He's like, "Oh my god, yeah, dude, where you been?" But I mean, oh no, yeah, it was. It was uh, short lived. It was a good, very short lived. And and. Like, and you have reasons, like you have reasons to be like legitimately worried. And we're going to break that all down. We have clips that we're going to pull up from that press conference yesterday. The most important things that were said, most of it being bad, if not all of it being bad. Um, And it really makes you worried about, well, now what happens? Because you fire Maggie and you fire Pace. And then just four hours later, you're reassured that you're going to get an exact replicate of what just happened in the previous 11 years. You're going to get an exact replicate of what just happened. 
you, you know, things don't work out. All right, let's go back to the drawing board. George McCaskey makes the decisions. Is he going to get it right this time? And I'll lead with this. And I texted you this. I said, the Chicago Bears have to get extremely lucky. Why do they have to get extremely lucky? Because the only hope that you have as a Bears fan regarding this organization and how this is structured and how decisions will be made is that you know once the hiring process is over and this mess has concluded and there are changes to the hiring process that we do have to discuss. Bill Point has been brought in. Um, Tanisha Wade, who is you know an important factor when you talk about will they be hiring somebody of diversity. That's something that's Soup very Campbell. important to George McCaskey. And then Soup Campbell, who is arguably the most important are the most connected person of yeah. those people to the players. So th- that's there, arguably the most important one. I would of, say it is. And, and the reason why is because it feels like with this organization specifically more than other teams where, you know, the owner is, is very involved in, in, in you know, team affairs. And obviously George McKeskey is not for better or for worse. There is a disconnect between ownership and the players. And I think that can be, that can be, you know, harmful when you're deciding who the head coach and who the GM could be, because you don't know what the culture of the locker room is. You don't know what is going through the minds of the players who are going to be here. And that, that, that is an important thing to know when you're deciding which coach and GM are going to work best with your team going forward. So I think it's very important. Lamar soup Campbell is involved in this process, but the reason I said they have to get lucky is because if they do one in a million chance, I mean, it's obviously not that low, but if they pick the right GM and head coach, those are your guys. And you know that George McCaskey will not have a say in anything. All that crap about him saying, oh, I think Justin Fields should be the starter, apparently not true. And I will believe that after what I heard yesterday. Well, Ted Phillips, solely on the stadium. I think if you hire the head coach and the GM, the right guys, you are lucky enough that those guys who are just fans and not football evaluators are out of the picture completely and you don't have to worry about them. The only time you have to worry about them is right now. So they have to get extremely, extremely lucky. And right now you don't know if they will. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like there's so much like there's so, so much of a news dump there. Like it's just like so many different things. Like first and foremost, I think is something that we need to address. Like Ted Phillips is not as involved. He's still going to be in the room. He's going to be negotiating the contracts or whatever, but the important part I guess is done and that he's not in the chain of command at least not fully anymore, which is good. So I'll take that, I guess, as a small win. I will say, George McCaskey, what he did get right was getting Tanisha Wade and Sue Campbell in this little panel here. That's very important. I know some people are kind of iffy on that. The Sue Campbell one's very important because he's the most plugged in person in that locker room. Mm -hmm. I was reading something today. I think it was on The Athletic that Sue Campbell's office is directly in between the locker room and the cafeteria. So he's in like the middle of the social hub of where players frequent the most. So you want a soda? You got to talk to soup Campbell. And well, and I forget like something, I forget who wrote it. It was either John Greenberg or Kevin Fishbane, but they said every time they were there, some player, at least one was in Campbell's office. Huge. Great. So he knows what's going on in that locker room. Tanisha Wade. I know people are going to be kind of hung up on the, you know, entertainment director title, the important part is the diversity factor. Like she, that is mm-hmm. what she has a whole hand in. That's like her big thing. And it's not like it's just some random woman they poked off the street. She's worked with the Bears for a long time. She played college athletics. It's going to be fine. So 
that I think they're approaching that the right way. Obviously, the Bill Polian name is the name that pops. Not sure how do you how... feel about it? How do you feel about it? I mean, there's positives, there are negatives. The positives are he went to four straight Super Bowls with the Bills. He did what he did with the Colts. He hired Tony Dunchy. He has experience right. hiring the right people. The negative is he hasn't done it for 10 years. He's out of the league. He said Lamar Jackson right. shouldn't be an all-pro when he was an MVP that year. So how do how do you evaluate that based off of what we know? Right. So that's why I'm so back and forth on this Bill Polian thing. Because, okay, on one hand, yes, you you frequently hear his name as someone who is reached out to by multiple organizations every year, his name, his name pops up every year. Um, Whether he's as involved with those teams as he's going to be with the bears. I don't know. I I mean, we know he's going to be there and be in the room and be used as a point of reference for George McCaskey throughout this process. Is he going to be like, okay, this is your guy. Like it was with Ernie, of We know how that turned out with Ryan Pace and John Fox. I don't know. Right. And that remains to be seen. We are, I mean, we're 24 hours. It's been 24 hours since the press conference, you know? So we're very reactionary right now. Obviously we're upset. Obviously what we heard was not great. Some was okay. Some was really bad, but I mean, I don't know, but to your original question, the Polian thing, I don't know. You can't, there's no way to know because yeah. Okay. He went to super bowls. Yes. Okay. He said the bad, you know, he said that Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver was obviously wrong to his credit admitted. He was wrong after the fact. I don't know. I, until I see like, if it turns out that he ends up hiring one of his friends and tells the bears, to hire one of his buddies, then yeah, we're going to be pissed. If it's a objective process that it's actually okay. You know, Bill Polian had, this opinion on this person and this is who we ended up hiring so on and so forth blah 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 okay i i on the other hand he's 79 years old and he hasn't been in a front office in 10 years like you said so it could go either way it really really could go either way and i don't know it's i think the important thing to to consider is where his areas of expertise are his areas of expertise recently haven't been with drafting players and been with you know the recents of football and you know all the things he said about Lamar Jackson his strengths are hiring the right people getting the right people in the building and that's what he was hired for he's not he's not the GM he's not gonna you know be he's not gonna tell Justin Fields to be wide receiver he's not gonna be drafting the next players he is just a hand to help you find who is going to be a good leader for your team and that's something that George McKessie expressed and I don't know if it was kind of a shot to Matt Nagy but he said We are looking for leaders. That's the most important thing we're looking for. We're looking for someone who can lead the team and lead the organization. And that it it, it's weird that he would say something like that because I thought Matt Nagy was I thought that was the whole thing about Matt Nagy. He was supposed to be the leader, and that's why he brought him in. And you know, he was only calling plays for one year in Kansas City, but he's the leader, and this is what we like about him. And apparently that wasn't true. So you really have to be true now when you're saying you have to find a leader. But the hope that Bears fans have when it comes to Bill Polian and when it comes to the other people that are in the offices, it's not just George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and another th- name now. There are people who – it's it's a checks and balances system now, all right? If Bill Polian and George McCaskey come in and say, hey, we really like X person, whether it be Ed Dodds and Morocco Brown, and Lamar Soup Campbell says, you know what? I actually like him a lot too, but I'm not sure how compatible he will be with the players. That is where you start to see the checks and balances come in, and that's why this hiring process is different than in years past to a certain extent and why you may have a little bit of hope that this is the time that they get lucky 
Now, at the end of the day, you're still not happy with the the organizational structure. People are still right. not content with the fact yes. that the president remains the president and the president is still not involved in football operations. I mean, he has right. completely removed himself from all football operations and is solely building a stadium in Arlington. And it's just about a lock to happen based, based off of everything we heard. I mean, you can pretty much assure that they're going to do it, right? They're going they to try, yeah. They're going to try their hardest to do it, and I imagine they'll get it done. But the most important quote of the day, arguably, was what George McCaskey said about himself, not as a football eva- evaluator, but as a fan. We'll play that for you now. Hey, George, how would you articulate your current belief in, in Justin Fields? And then the next part of that, would you like to see him – get involved when this reaches maybe the, the coaching search process? Would you like him to get to know some of these guys before you make that final decision? Well, I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. Um, and as a fan, what I see is a dynamic player uh, with a lot of potential, a lot of ability, a lot of heart, and a strong work ethic. So we're looking for a general manager and a head coach who will develop not just the quarterback position, um, but the talent around him and establishing a strong defense to help the quarterback uh, to bring the Bears to success. Um, So there you have it. The owner of the football team who ultimately, and this is what he said, this is what he said just a few minutes later. As I said, ultimately, the general manager will report to the chairman and uh, the decision on the hiring ultimately is mine. So the decision on the hiring is ultimately yours, but you're not a football evaluator. You're a fan. So how does it feel if I told you externally to someone who just arrived on this planet and just decided to be a fan of the Bears that the owner of the team is a fan? I could be the owner of the Chicago Bears because I'm a fan. You are you everyone listening to this podcast and watching it right now, Shane, everyone else in the chat. I am Scox, everyone else in the chat. You are the same as the owner of the Chicago Bears because you are a fan and so is he. That to me is baffling. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean that's basically like as if me or you were doing this process. It's uh Yeah, I mean, okay, so the big point there is the Justin Fields thing. He didn't really like commit to Justin Fields. He And then he went on to say that Justin Fields wouldn't really be a part of the process of the coaching era, which I don't really have a problem with. I get that like Justin Fields is the guy and you think he's going to be, you know, eventual pro bowl, all pro quarterback, who's going to be the future of your franchise. Fine. But I do think that there's something to be said with not having a second year quarterback, like decide who a kid kid who won right like he you know he had a losing record this year had some ups and downs like in a nutshell like objectively you know black and white like what George McCaskey said is true Justin Fields is a dynamic player with a ton of potential that's true he didn't prove anything you know he's not like and like there isn't you know he's not Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson like where they're gonna sit there and be like okay we need this guy Right. Yeah, ideally you get in a, a coach who can work with Justin Fields. And I think that, you know, he might not have said it outright. But when you're interviewing these people, you're going to be asking like, hey, how do you feel about Justin Fields? Yes, George McCaskey said if they have negative feelings about Justin Fields, it's not going to exclude them from the job. 
But you're going to be more inclined, giving what you gave up and what you saw from Justin Fields. Granted, the general manager that picked him is not there anymore. But you're going to be more inclined to bring in someone that is excited about Justin Fields and says, hey, I can do this, this, and that with Justin Fields, and this is how I think we can put him in a position to succeed. You're going to be more inclined, even if it's on a subconscious level. No, you're not. Subconsciously, I'm saying, like, you know what you invested in Justin Fields. Right. You invested two first-round picks, essentially, in him. So you know what you invested. You know the situation you're in with a young, dynamic quarterback on a rookie deal. So when you're doing these interviews, if someone says, hey, yeah, like, Justin Fields, I think he's the guy. I can work with him for sure. Like, you're going to be more like, okay, yeah, this guy is probably our guy. Are you sure about that? Because here's what he said about exactly that. And I think this question stemmed from our guy, Adam Johns, who actually asked the last question that we just played, friend of the program, Adam Johns. And then David Haw uh, followed up with that. And this is what George McCaskey had to say about exactly what you're talking about. Does it have to be a prerequisite for Justin that the GM or head coach has to be willing to work with Justin Fields? Let's hear what he said. On the offensive side, I would say in the same calendar year, that is the wrong quote. That is the wrong quote. I think it's this. On the offensive side. We don't, I don't have it right now. But what he said, I clicked the wrong thing. But what he said was, it is not a prerequisite. It doesn't matter. And he didn't right. name Justin Fields. He said, whatever the, the GM or the head coach decide, like whatever they want. He said, I don't want to play. I don't want to do semantics. You're getting into semantics. I don't want to do hypotheticals. He would not say that the GM and the head coach has to commit to Justin Fields and has to commit to developing, developing him as a prerequisite to them being hired. That is the most damaging thing you can possibly say to a second year quarterback. And I'm not, I don't think Justin Fields cares on a personal level, but as far as your commitment to the team and who the general manager and head coach are, that's the most important thing. Quite frankly, I, I believe what he's saying, and it's not good that I'm believing what he's saying, but think about it. Do you really believe, do you really believe that it was a prerequisite for Matt Nagy that he had to work with Mitch Trubisky after knowing what we know that after one year, basically he was out on him. He probably said, I don't care. Your plan at quarterback is your plan. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have to, if you want to work with Mitch Trubisky or not, maybe he's not good and you can go bring in uh, a Nick Foles. If that's what you want, you have full control over that. It's not a pre- prerequisite. That was by far the most absurd, damaging thing I heard him say. The, the whole, the whole, uh, aside from the Olin Cruz thing, that's the most damaging thing I heard him say. Eh, I mean, I mean, how do you not okay, say? So how the, do you not openly say to, Justin Fields is our guy, and you have to be willing to work with him if you want to be the GM of the Chicago Bears? To play is it, the how, is it that other side of this coin? I get like. I get trying to be ambiguous and not try to immediately cut off, you know, maybe let's say 20% of your potential candidate. I, that's also how this organization works. They always, Oh, keep all options open. Okay. We're not going to immediate. Cause also think about it. Like based on other things that were said in that press conference, I very much got the feeling. And I was talking with Joe Strowski about this too. Like there's very much the feeling that George McCaskey wrote that up wrote his whole thing, had all his talking points and did not show it to anybody else that he went up there and was like, and didn't talk to Bill Polian or anyone else on this panel that he's put together or any players, you know, we know he doesn't talk to the players anyway, but I think there is very much the sense that George McCaskey had his talking points. He knew what he wanted to hit and he didn't talk to anybody else about it. 
very much got that feeling from that Mm -hmm. based on that and other things. Now he might've walked back behind that backdrop and Bill Pullian smacked him in the mouth said, what are you doing? You know, like we don't know what happened immediately after that. Like, yes, I understand wanting to be ambiguous with the job because the job has been open for five hours at this point. So in a whole over like an umbrella sense, why, why why kick out why kick out guys before you even interview them? Because you don't want those guys anyway. That's why you I don't you want just, to you I'm, want to eliminate just the 20%, to play the other side. I agree. You want I agree with you. I you want someone who wants to and is excited about working with Justin Fields. However, part of the problem with the Matt Nagy era is it was already understood that you had to work with Mitch Trubisky for at least a year. So to try and rectify that in this part of the process and maybe cast a wider net, even if you don't, in the likely event, you don't hire one of those people that maybe isn't as lukewarm, let's say, on Justin Fields. Like they're That's just worse. doing, in in my, like I understand wanting to cast a wide net and do your due diligence on every possible person. You know, like you don't want to cut off options. Yes, you want someone you who, I, again, I agree with you. You, you want someone who wants to work with Justin Fields, but the job's been open for five hours, now 24 hours at this point. You're you're considering all options. You are you are casting the widest net possible, which is why you have Doug Peterson on your list. Nobody wants Doug Peterson to coach this team. Nobody Does anyone really want Dan Quinn to coach this team? No. No, but you're casting this net anyway. You are considering all possibilities. Cause that's just what you do when you go through a situation like this. I, I just, it just, I mean, cause the thing is, if you are a candidate as a head coach, like you're also aware that part of the job is going to be to work with Justin Fields. So I don't well, know why the, agree. why the owner wouldn't just double down and be like, look, this is what needs to be the case because you're not, I don't think you're rectifying anything by widening the net. You're actually making it more likely that you're going to find, unluckily well, find somebody that doesn't have the patience or whatever it may be to work with Justin Fields because you might have been blinded by the fact that Matt Nagy maybe was willing to work with him, but imagine if Brian Dable was in the room four years ago I, and how he's I worked with Josh Allen. Like it just, I don't it's, think it's, it's hurtful to go through those interviews and hear what other people have to say, because then I also think this is going to move quickly. Like, I think I forget who tweeted it a couple hours ago, but they're going to go through video interviews in the next couple yeah. of days and then they're move gonna... from there into in-person ones pretty fast. So they're going to have these interviews and probably nine out of 10 guys that say, Oh, I, I don't know about Justin Fields. Nine out of 10 of those guys are going to kick to the curb right away. Anyway. You know, I understand at least talking to them then though. I, yeah, I but I don't, you, are they going to get kicked to the curb? Are they more than, you, I mean, you just, you just, you just argue the fact that they might not get kicked to the curb, right? They might not, but more than likely they do. I like, I, again, I think George McKeskey went up there and with a plan to not narrow down anything, which I think he was why he was so ambiguous about Ted Phillips, which is why he was so ambiguous about relationship with the players, former players. Like, I think this man just went up there to say, okay, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have been fired and we're going through a search. We didn't get that many details. Yeah, he ended up giving some details and damning himself a couple times. But I mean, for the most part, I don't think that press conference was to give us specifics. And for the most part, they didn't. And right, when is the realistic time frame to have our GM and head coach fired or hired? Sorry, GM probably relatively soon. But Jake- I would say within, um, because coaches, you like, let's assume 
because the the deeper the playoffs go, the harder it's going to be to interview coaches. So the coach probably not for a couple months. GM no, maybe. No, 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 that's not true. That's not well, true. well. Depending on who, I guess it depends on who your candidate is. The, right. Well, it depends. Like, yes, like, but- like for argument's sake, let's say you settle on Brian Dabble, but if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, you're not going to be able to announce that hiring until February, you know, 11th or whatever the hell it is. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it, the head coach depends more on who your guy is and how far they go in the playoffs. You know, if, you know, if your guy you ends can up still hot, I think you can still, can you, but I'm, I'm just saying it would be a longer process because the interview restrictions become tighter as the playoffs go on. Right. You know, so like, let's say your guy is Nathaniel Hackett from green Bay, you know, the offensive coordinator from green Bay, they go to the super bowl. Yeah, They'll be out in the first round, second round anyway, but, but anybody <laughs> though, you know, if, okay, let's go back to the devil then, you know, left, which example, uh, or left, yeah. which anybody like that, you know, I think, like if it's Super Bowl week, you're not going to interview them at all that week. If it's Championship week, you're probably not going to interview them at all that, that week because they're also not going to want to do all these interviews while they're, they're getting ready in. for an AFC yeah. Championship game or an NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, you know. And then it's going to be after GM is probably going to be a little bit sooner. You hope. Now here's the thing with the Bears and how they're ass backwards and everything that they do. We're hearing a lot more about the coach than we are right now. Well, they said the coach can get hired first. George, it's right. George McCaskey said, if we find our say. guy, he's going first, which, which is granted, insane. Okay. The only thing that I like, I think you could get away with that with Brian Flores because you weren't expecting him to be available. And like he in a, was okay. pretty good in Miami. I don't know how I feel about him really because of how he I handled think they, I, I was shocked. But I, I was surprised they got fired, but I don't know how I would feel with him on the Bears just because of how he handled two at points. Okay. Regardless, you know, if it's something like that, or like, God forbid, Doug Peterson, who's available now and not attached to any team. But I agree. I think the GM should come first, but this team is so ass backwards and how they do everything. I, you could see the coach first. I don't know. But we also, again, we also have to remember, we can't be as reactionary to this. Like we have to sit with this information that we have and kind of think through it. Like right now we're all having knee jerk reactions. And the only thing we know. Well, what I think our knee jerk reactions are valid. What knee jerk reactions are we having? Because I feel like most of them have been valid. Like what's a knee jerk reaction. That's like, like being mad about, but also like we can't, I shouldn't say knee jerk reaction, but like we can't, it's hard to speculate on the process when we don't know anything about said process right now, like we don't know we, all we know right now is that guys are being booked for interviews. That's it. We don't know anything else about, we don't know shit about crap. Like we don't know anything right now. Like all we know is that there are guys that are being booked to interview. Like right now, all we know is Leslie Frazier, Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. Brian Devil, Nathaniel Hackett, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, Matt Eberflus, Dan Quinn, and Brian Flores are on the list to be interviewed as well as for the GM side, Morocco Brown, Quisi Adolfo Masana, Glenn Cook, Ed Dodds, and Jeff Ireland. That's it. I mean, that's a, that's Jeff 15 Ireland, people. That's 15 people total that we know are going to be interviewed. And that number is probably going to go up, but that's it. That's all we know. I, I we, mean, we know typically, there's 15 names. I mean, we went over this a few episodes ago. The time frame is usually very quick. It's usually about one to two weeks after you fire the guy. If the guy's available, you hire him. I mean, that's that's usually how fast it goes. Now that's now that is for teams who don't fire the GM. I would have to do more research on exactly that process. That's for also hiring teams a GM, that know what doing. well, that is also true. But hiring a GM is, 
obviously that carries more weight and you have to do more due diligence with who you're going to find to be your GM. But the problem to me is I'm a little bit worried that they're going to get a little bit, they're going to speed up the process and hire that head coach first because what George McCaskey said, and he said this is a positive thing about uh, Bill Polian when he interviewed Tony Dungy was he knew in 12 minutes of the interview, Bill Polian that is, that Tony Dungy was his head coach. And they ended up talking for eight hours about football, which is good. That's a good that, that's a good little nugget when you think about Bill Polian and his willingness to, and, and or capability rather, to hold interviews. But I'm worried that they're going to get locked in. They're going to find their guy. They're going to fall in love with their guy. And it's just going to be boom, done, over. And, and then you bring in a GM and it's just, well, the GM, you know, maybe like he really wants the Bears job, but he doesn't really love the head coach, but the job is too good to pass up. And then you get into a more of a mess. And there's people who are arguing the fact that you could end up in a worse situation than Pace and Nagy. And I don't, oh, yeah. that, that would 100%. be, I mean, do you, do you really think that's a legitimate possibility that you end up in a worse situation than what we were just in? I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, because we also talked about soup though, and Tanisha Wade and, you have the resources there to prevent it from happening, right. but it's still so that, possible so that's to hire the, the head coach part. first. That's the important part. You have any, in like a, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like objectively you have the right process started with like, you have the right, you've done the right things with getting sort a panel of. and getting sort a in. So hopefully if you do get a little trigger happy as George McCaskey, you have the people around you to kind of rein you in. It's the right person to get trigger happy about is what you're saying. Right. But also like, who knows? Again, he was very like George McCaskey was very clear about, Oh, well I still make the final decisions. So even though these people are around, <laughs> there's the very real risk that he says, no, screw you guys. This is who I want. I... That, well, that's Kevin. That's the thing. We don't know. And that, that's what right. I'm saying. A couple like, we don't know. We have no like, idea. Like is George McCaskey just blowing smoke that the process is changing and that they're trying to do like, Probably, maybe, I don't know. It's it, it, We don't know anything until these interviews start and until more leaks start to come out, or not leaks, I guess, but more information starts to come out about how they're going about the process. Right now, we're all just guessing. We're all just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks right now. And, well, I want to also bring up something that you brought up earlier that kind of shut down because of the Justin Fields argument. I do think it is a relatively good thing that they are casting a wide net. The more candidates you have, the more you understand how much you will like one specific candidate because then you start to play the comparison game. If you were going in to this the hiring process with three candidates or 13, you're going to understand the discrepancy between candidate one and candidate 13 mm-hmm. is much greater than the than in the other situation, the discrepancy between candidate one and candidate three. You, casting a wider net, people are getting scared by the names coming out. I don't yeah. think they'll hire Doug Pierce. I don't think they'll hire Leslie Frazier, but they just want to make sure that they're doing everything they can to really truly figure out who is the different guy of all of the guys that they are of their that they are interviewing. Because that's how you truly know. You know, when the, the smaller sample size you have, the more reasons you have to believe that there could be a margin for error. Like that's, that's, that's how statistics works, right? The margin of error could be greater if you hire three guys versus if you hire 13. So I'm, I'm fine with them casting a wide net. And I know people are getting scared every time the tweet comes out from Schefter that, Oh, they're, they're, they're interviewing this guy. But you have to remember what Jake mentioned earlier is that the first interview isn't even a one-on-one. It's a giant video conference with, I think all of them. And then the ones who stand out amongst all of them go on to the next process. So you're, you're doing, you're casting wide net 
and a few of them, it's, it's a funnel and a few of them are going down and right. then down and down, down. It seems like, I, I can't remember. Do you remember if the numbers were like this last hiring season uh, before Nagy? I can't remember if it was this many guys, but I feel like it wasn't. I would have to, don't quote me on that. If anybody in the chat remembers, pop it in there. But I feel like this has been, and this is only 24 hours past, you know, the time or a little right. bit over 24 hours since they got fired. So we're going, I, I imagine we'll see more of these names come out. Yeah. I, next few days. Even if it was as many with the Matt Nagy, you know, what led to his hiring, I don't think it was this many names this quickly. Like it was like immediate yesterday, like bang, 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 bang. Okay. Here's yeah, five names right off the bat. Every and 10 now, minutes or something. And, right. And now we're already up to 10. So that being said, I mean, we might as well get into it of the 10 guys that have been listed already. So Leslie Frazier, Doug Peterson, Brian Dale, Daniel Hackett, Todd Bull, Matty, Quinn, Brian, whereas let's go. Who are your top three out of the current list? I'm going to go Dabble, Leftwich, and Flores is who I'm going to go with. Okay. Um, again, you know, people who have been listening to the show for a long time know my opinions on just hiring the offensive coordinator who has good statistics. For that reason, I don't want to hire Kellen Moore. Now, they haven't put in a request for him yet. I don't know if I want to hire him. I know for a fact Brian Dabble worked very well with a quarterback who struggled immensely in his rookie season and – People were naming him a bust pretty quickly, and that team was in the mud. And he yeah. got him out of that very quickly. And this is what you have to when, and I'm telling you, and I'll reiterate this every single episode until they hire the coach. If you are a fan listening to this and you are trying to decide who you think you want, you have to look beyond profootballreference.com team rankings, offensive points per game. You have to look at the situations like a Brian Dabble and how he developed Josh Allen. You have to look at the situations of how. These coaches are leaders because that's obviously what George McCaskey values as well. I think Byron Leftwich is a good leader from everything we've heard from players who have played with him, from everything we've heard, he's a good leader. And then Brian Flores, that's another example. Now there's other issues to be had there when you talk about how we handled the Tua situation. And then there's the argument that, well, is Tua really as capable of a player as right. you know Justin Fields is? But I don't really think that should matter. As we know with Mitch Trubisky, if that's your guy, you have to stick with your guy. Don't mess around with Ryan Fitzpatrick run with it. And Flores kind of played the naggy game. When you talk about Dalton and, and, and field, it's almost, it's almost like the same exact thing with what Flores yeah. did with two and Fitzpatrick, but those three guys, and Brissett this year too. And Brissett, right. It's it, so that scares you a little bit, but I think those three guys jump out. Timothy wire in the chat, just asked about Nathaniel Hackett. I, I would have to do a little bit more research on him. He was a recent name that came up that I think not of a lot of us were expecting. Also, it's easy when you have the back-to-back -back MVP to look pretty good. Too. Exactly. And that's why I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at that name and look at what he's associated right. with and immediately jump out as that being a prime candidate. I have to do more about how does he develop players? Who is he as a leader? Agreed. All those other, all those other aspects matter more. So who are your top three though? So like, Here's the thing: all these guys come with various different warts. <laughs> like even like even Brian Dabble, I know he's the hot name right now that everyone's like really getting excited about. With the Bills, everyone knew you couldn't run the ball this year, and you didn't fix it. Like I, I don't, how did that happen? I, like I don't understand. Um, Leftwich, yeah, okay, he has Tom Brady. Also worked through a lot of injuries. I mean, obviously Godwin this year and Evans has been banged up also. And the whole Antonio Brown thing. And even last year they had some issues, but their offense was great for most of the year last year. 
Flores, the whole quarterback thing, I it scares me a little bit. I know he, you know, guided Miami to that what was it eight game winning streak, seven game winning streak uh, to end the year, but also the first the first half of the year happened as well. So you know that's something that happened with Flores as well. So you can't you know recency bias. I don't hate Todd Bowles, and I know people are going to look at his time with the Jets and be like, oh well, he was terrible. We have to start considering that it's not the head coaches that are failing the Jets. It's just the, a product of the Jets. Also, you're muted, Kev. Um, but like, it, like Todd Bowles has the Jets' best record of the last ten years at ten and six. Granted, it was one year, but I don't hate Todd Bowles. I know we're all kind of like, oh, Leslie Frazier, oh, Todd Bowles, but they're defensive coordinators. It doesn't matter yeah. if you can get the right guys. You know, if you can get the doesn't right matter. coordinators. That's fine. Like that, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like Kevin said, everyone wants to look to the next hot offensive guy, like the Dabbles, the Hackets. Todd Bowles and Leslie Frazier have the experience. They're like they've shown that they can I agree. You know, do stuff like like put together good staffs and have good, you know, assistant coaches. I I like I think my top three is probably left which bowls and a tied for third between dabble and frazier wow okay like, i'm surprised and, and granted like i'm very back and forth on everything with this organization right now like i'm on the fence about if bill polian is a good presence to have or not i'm on the fence about all of these coaches for the most part like i've gone back and forth on leslie frazier a million times already and it's been 24 mm-hmm. hours like uh, so i don't know i think and here's what's scary the thing is with the gm out of the five names that we have already it's very scary that we all love Ed Dodds from Indianapolis <laughs> that Why? it's, it seems like either we're all going to get burned for this opinion or we're all, or it's going to be a slam dunk. So, I mean, for Why? those people, so for those who don't know, Ed Dodds, assistant general manager with the Colts direct, like, you know, direct partnership, I guess with Chris Ballard, who obviously famously did not get the bears job. Um, Ryan Pace got it over him. Chris Ballard obviously has built something very good in Indianapolis. I know people are like, oh, well, they were first round exit last year and they're not that great this year. Yeah, but also like he put together a very strong offensive line, has put together very strong coaching staffs, also while handling being blindsided by Andrew Luck's sudden retirement and then dealing with the fallout of that and still making the Colts a playoff team. So, yeah, I mean, it's very scary that we all like Ed Dodd so much, but there's good reason to. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind any of these any of these candidates. And then the Saints guy, what's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on it. Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland. Yeah. And then there's rumors that well, Jeff Ireland's going to come in, and so is Sean Payton. And now I don't I don't see a world necessarily where that can happen because Sean Payton hasn't been fired, and at this point, I don't know if he will be. I mean, I, I like what Sean well, Payton did with that would, team. You would be able to compensate the Saints to bring him to Chicago. Really? I mean, you'd have to give up a shit ton of pop, of picks and stuff, I'm sure. But I, like, I, I was reading yeah. something. Like, there is a way that you could like trade for Sean Payton. Okay. Well, I think that's. I think people are making that connection because of the smoke around that. That really has no right. merit to it. Um, but well, yeah, Ireland I mean, has past Bears connections too. Right, and and so that was interesting too. Someone I forget who it was that asked it I, in the press comments. They asked McCaskey if having previous connections to the bears would make them 
more likely to be a candidate. And I think that was a very explicit question as far as whether they'd hire Jim Harbaugh, because that's obviously the biggest name going around. Um, And and McCaskey said, no, McCaskey said no. So um, I don't, I don't think that really matters too much, but I don't, the thing is a lot of like these names, there's no one on this list other than Doug Peterson from the head coaching standpoint that really, really tremendously scares me. Um, and there's really no one on the GM list that really tremendously scares you either. So well, as long fair, as we're not getting terrified, fair, we, we are not, we're never more as familiar with GM candidate names as we are with head coach names. We never, we're true. never as familiar with those names to be, I fair. gotta, I gotta, I gotta do more research on them, but I think now we just, we're recording this today, Tuesday, January 11th, more names will come out. So if you're oh, listening yeah. to this a few days after the fact, you're like, well, why aren't you talking about this guy? It's because more names are going to come out. And these are the, what are the 10? These are the 10 that we have right yes. now. But I, I just want to go back to what you said one more time to reiterate it again. It don't be, don't look at this binary, like don't have a binary point of view on this where you are going to like it if they are an offensive coordinator and you will dislike it, if they are a defense coordinator, because I know a lot of casual bears fans or not even casual bears fans, just bears fans in general, like see a Leslie Frazier or they see a Todd Bowles or they see a Brian Flores and then, and they see, well, this guy's defensively oriented, get him out of here. You see that DC next to their name. Oh no. Defense is their specialty. But when you become a head coach, you are a, the head coach. You are not just solely the defensive coordinator. You work with the whole team. You hire the offensive coordinator. And I think why, I think part of the reason why you do like Leslie Frazier and why you do like uh, Leftwich and Bowles and specifically Bowles and Frazier is that they're guys who have been in the league for a while. Why does that matter? Because if you are going to hire a defensive coordinator, this guy has connections with a lot of other teams and he is going to know who the right offensive coordinator is. And if you do hire the defensive minded guy, and you do hire a guy, or you do hire a guy that hasn't been an offensive coordinator, then all of your offensive hopes and dreams then fall on the offensive coordinator, which will be in that scenario just as important as who the head coach hiring is. So, right. and that's the other thing is like you want to have a guy who's going to come in and have a set staff, and he like these are his guys. He knows them well. He's worked with them for years. This is boom. He's really content with them. As long Based as it's not the Mike Nagy's Zimmer history, line of thinking, and he's not hiring his sons and cousins, that, and yeah, those types of things. And, and exactly, like you're just hiring these guys to give them jobs. Like, have your set staff. Make sure you have the right guys. I think those. I think that's really important because you get caught up, right? Like this, it's a staff for a reason. It's not just one guy right. on the sidelines. There's 50 of them. It's a staff, and each guy plays an important role. I don't. Have you been watching the Hard Knocks season uh, with the Indianapolis Colts the end season? No. So I've been watching that. And their special co- their special teams coordinator has won them like three games because they've gotten like two blocked punts and yeah. schematically they've been really good on returns. Like these things matter. So you're going to get caught up in the names, equally get as caught up in how long they've been in the league, who they may know and who the offensive coordinator where may be, been. where they've been. Those things matter more because it is a staff, not just a position. It is not just one person running the show and those people check the head coach too right like it's a checks and balances yeah. system once you have the coach in there so those things matter speaking of special teams is i wonder if dave tobbs get another show. yeah special coordinator in kansas city he always he always he, pops up and he mm-hmm. was like i think he kind of came close like he almost was a, he wasn't a finalist but he was close to being a finalist last time or something like that and he's like his name always pops up 
too. But I like you said, there's going to be more names that get added to this. I'm positive Jim Harbaugh's name is going to come up more than once. Taub, maybe he comes up. Um, there was someone Who? else I was thinking of. Dave Taub. Oh, like oh. I said. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's going to be um, coordinators from the Rams and the Cardinals that pop up. Uh, Kellen Moore, you already mentioned his name. I'm sure his name will pop up too. Like this is, the, and that's the thing. I think this is far from more, unless, unless this is it, unless we don't get like many more names. Like if we like, let's say Jim Harbaugh is the only other name that gets added to this list, then that might signal that they have their group and they're moving forward. Then I don't know. I would like to see more GM candidates though. Like yeah. not, not a ton, but five, it's too few. You got to eat five's weight for as important as that position is going to be reporting straight to George McCaskey and basically running the football operations. You can't just have five interviews like, or interviewees, I should say you, you got to have more. And especially when five, inter- five candidates from three teams that you, you need. That's, more. that's a good point. You, you have to ask more, like you, not ask, but you have to interview more people. And again, getting impatient. It's only been 24 hours, not even, but it's like, it's just I'm, I'm so sure we'll on get edge. More. I'm so on edge that they're gonna screw this up. Like I I'm know. just so on edge, and it's until it's over, and then we'll get excited and we'll get our hopes up, and then probably just be hurt again, which is gonna be really infuriating. Well, I mean, that's the frustrating thing that we've talked about before is you really don't know. I mean, you, you don't know. You're not gonna know for years when it comes to the GM if they've been a good True. GM or not. I mean, like that that is pretty much all contingent on how your draft picks play out and how uh, your free agency pickups play out. I mean, some of those you'll know after year one because they'll be rookies and there'll be guys you pick up free agency. But as far as the head coach and the general manager, you're not going to know for two years. So, like, right. the name might pop out is good. Four years ago when they hired Matt Nagy, it was fun in games. Like, you were content right. with that. You, you had every reason to believe that it was going to work out. It took three years. Especially for after realize, that first year. Especially after that first year. Like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. So, and, and, and like that goes both ways. Right. And and what I mean by that is Packers fans hated the Matt LaFleur hire, hated it. True. True. 26. He had the 26th best offense in Tennessee. Now, again, I, I think, I think we might have an, like, I don't want to credit the Packers in any way, shape or form, but after three years mm-hmm. and three straight 13 plus, I was going to say at, at some point you have, at some to. point you have to assume that, you have to assume that it's not just Aaron Rod. Like he has some sort of play in the fact that they're the first team in NFL history to win 13 plus straight games in three straight years. You have to assume that that's there. So what I'm saying is, you can all you can get very excited about a guy, and there's the possibility you get let down. But you also have to keep in the back of the mind that you could get very upset about them hiring a guy, and there's a possibility that they could work out. Like yeah. you might hate Leslie Frazier, okay? <laughs> he might be really great. You just you just yeah. don't know. And I think the thing is, like when people people always get caught up in what they've done in the past, right? The Todd Bowles uh, jet situation, where they've been before. You have to understand that each situation is unique. Each situation is different with each organization. Either they didn't have the right personnel, either they didn't work well with a certain GM. You know, there's a million different moving factors that I don't think it's necessarily fair to just take your previous experience. And, and, and like, that has to be a factor. Don't get me wrong. It has to be something you consider, but it doesn't have to be the whole tale. And again, that goes both ways. Just because Matt Nagy had a good offense at Kansas City doesn't mean that he's going to be a good head coach. Like, you can't solely go based off of what they have done in the past. You have to look at those other things well. And hey, I know that applies to Jim Harbaugh too in both ways, right? Like, there's unless, different factors. Unless, unless you're Doug Peterson, which we're right. That guy's a stooge. Okay, sure. Do yeah, that, yeah. that guy's a buffoon. Do not hire that guy. We have a Lions fan in the chat. Uh, 
He yes. says, Lions fan here, you guys happy them two are out? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we are happy. We're 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 very happy. And happy, like, happy but scared. Should we bring it should we bring it back to a little bit of optimism again? That although the George McCaskey press conference brought a dark cloud over Bears. Yeah, I mean it's again. it's fine like, it's to still be optimistic. Good. It's still I mean, good. Like Kevin, I, I think what you just said is like one of the smartest things you've ever said on this show is that like you it goes, you have to consider all avenues. You have to consider everything. You can't just get headlong into one train of thought and then just you know run that off the rails you have to consider everything i know as fans we get caught up and we're like oh we're like we're banging the table for you know one guy or the other whatever it is like i think what yesterday showed is that okay for four hours we were all super excited okay yes they're gone awesome then the press conference happened and, and we're back to depression like it's like there's some kind of middle ground to find. Yes. Is it not the best situation to have George McCaskey making all these decisions? And yes. Did he say some incredibly dumb things yesterday? Yes. Are you still in a pretty decent position from the standpoint of where this team is? Yeah. You, you have the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. You have some decent skill players who knows what, you know, who knows what Darnell Mooney will end up turning into. You have a good core. You have Montgomery. a good core. Like you have, let's say intriguing pieces to work with. I think it would be a appropriate word for that. You have an intriguing team. And I mean, obviously that starts with the core. Also, I mean, the, the team could change so drastically depending on the M and how they out, like there, you might get a GM that comes in and says, okay, we got to start selling off some of these pieces so that, okay, next year is going to be a down year, but year three of Justin Fields, we're back. Like that might happen. You might have someone who is says, all right, we're going to mail it in next year because we got to start, you know, recouping some a- assets here. You mm-hmm. might, I, I'm not saying that will happen. It's a possibility. You might see Cleo Mack traded. You might see, you know, something weird happen, or you'll get a GM who's like, okay, I see what we can make some, some, moves around the margins here and I can get us back into the playoff picture. And then it's up to the players from there. And it's up to the coach from there. Again, back to the main point of this episode. We don't know it. it like we're not going to know really until you get that opening press conference. Once these guys are hired, like until we start to learn about some of these guys mm-hmm. and their opening statements, whenever they get hired, we're all just guessing we're throwing darts here. And I, I think you talk about optimism. You talk about what is the next GM going to do? And I think, uh, I forget who asked this question. I, I don't remember who it was. It might have been a friend of the program. A lot of friends of the program asking questions yeah. uh, at the press conference yesterday. But they asked, is the GM, they asked George McCaskey, is the GM going to have more of a reload or rebuild type mentality when it comes to how they will evaluate the roster, how what, what they will do in the offseason coming up? And George McCaskey says, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we're not going to, we're not, we don't know that until we hire the GM. And I don't think mm-hmm. that, that might not be a question they ask in interviews. Well, are you going to rebuild? That's not really a question you ask, but this is something you want me to bring up and I'll bring it up to you right now. And it is the 2022 cap space for the Chicago bears. And it's an important thing to consider. It's an important thing to consider when you look at whether they will reload or where they will rebuild. Because if you look at the time when they hired, Manag, it's a similar situation as far as, well, you got a quarterback going in his second year. There's optimism there. But the rest of the roster was not there at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, you knew that you had to make a seismic shift, and Khalil Mack was that. Ryan Pace 
was aggressive the moment they hired Matt Nagy. I do would not be surprised if oh I got to scroll down a little bit. The Bears are right there at eleventh. They're just yeah. I think they're just cut off a little bit. Um, given the cap space they have, which listed here is forty three million dollars in projected cap for 2022, 11th in the league. And the core that they have, you mentioned the skill players that they have on offense and the guys that they should extend for a long period of time, that being Roquan Smith on defense, Jalen yep. Johnson, Thomas Graham, Eddie Jackson, who's already on the contract. Uh, you know, some of the other guys in the middle, Kyrus Tonga, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, who kind of had a down year. Anyway, you have the pieces. Jake, I think there will be GMs and the GM who is hired will be tempted to say, look, this team was actually a few a few one score games away from being close enough to make the playoffs they have a young core we cut the right guys we save enough money in the right areas and we spend it in the right areas in the second year of Justin Fields this could be a 6 or 7 team 6 or 7 seed in the playoffs and maybe if Aaron Rodgers leaves a potential to win the division in the north i mean we talked about this all last offseason too yeah. will Aaron Rodgers leave we just don't know but what do you think if you had to make a guess right now I don't know if it's dependent on who the GM is, but looking at the cap space here and looking what they have available, is it more likely that they enter the offseason with a reload or rebuild mentality? I mean, like you said, it's going to depend on the GM and what how they kind of perceive this roster. But you might be able to do both. I mean, if you if you extend mm. the right guys, you know, get a couple trends like like for example, you don't need someone you don't need a pro bowler next to Roquan Smith. You need someone solid. Alec Ogletree was fine. Right. Was like, fine. cause Roquan Smith is going to elevate the play of the inside linebacker next to him. Now, like when you talk about replacing Akeem Hicks, it's a little bit different. So it's, it, it depends. It depends on what the GM thinks. You have the players that can get you to where you want to be. If you know, granted they hit their potential because you can't do a full blown rebuild unless you get a GM who's like, okay, I can have this fully rebuilt in two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you then the final two years of Justin Fields rookie contract, you can try and compete for a championship. OK, I mean, it, it just depends. I, I mean, it depends on what the GM thinks of the roster as it currently stands and what they think they can do with that cap space, too, that you have. Because you essentially I mean, you're a couple hundred thousand behind who, uh, Denver in that 10 spot. You're basically have top 10 cap space. So, Again, that's kind of like what I was saying a couple minutes ago. Like, you're not going to know really until we hear from whoever gets hired, until they have their first press conference and they start doing things. Right now, we're just throwing darts. Right. I mean, I just think I think they have the ability to do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do it because the pieces are there, and it kind of it kind of gets you a little it gets you a little bit excited, right? It does not get yeah. you a little bit excited knowing that, like, look at the Chargers. Like, although they missed out on the playoffs, that was I. I I don't even know what to say about that game. I thought it was destined to be a tie, and I thought it was going to happen. But, I mean, it it was, okay, we have a really good quarterback. We're going to do a little bit to the roster to make it a little bit better. We're going to get close. And and that was a team that I thought should have made the playoffs. They didn't. Um, I think Brandon State is still a really good coach. But you're really excited about the Chargers going forward because they gave you an opportunity to make the playoffs this year, and it kind of sets you you apart. And – now the Chargers are first in the league in cap, and I think if the Bears make the right moves this offseason, cut the right guys, maybe trade a few players, mm. that you could be in a position where you can contend next year, and then your 2023 cap could be enough to where, all right, we have the contending roster. Let's go make that 
those few slash moves that put you over the top and make you a Super Bowl contender. And that's, you know, the outlook for 2023, which I think is if you had to pinpoint a year, the year like you, you want to get back into their window, it's probably 2023 through 2025 if I had to guess, is going to be their their, their crucial window, depending yeah. on how they act. But again, that, that's dependent on how they respond this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Khalil Mack. I wouldn't be. I mean, right. like, you get it, you get your first-round pick back, and the reason why I say that is because after seeing what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did this year, <laughs> I mean, you have, to, you have to believe that Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, like yeah. you have to believe that the same thing could be replicated with Justin Fields if he got one of his guys from college. So if they try to find a way to get that first round pick back, they do have the money. And I think the reason I think it's important you told me to bring that graphic up because I think there is kind of a a notion that the Bears don't have a lot of cap space, that they, right. they won't have a lot. And they have a lot of money allocated into, you know, some pretty shitty contracts, not to mince words. And you can kind of clear that up if you cut the right people and if you readjust things. Which again, though, then will, will be up to the new GM to decide to evaluate some of these contracts and some of these players. Right, because the G- the new GM has no allegiance to anybody. Right. He has no allegiance to Nick Foles. He does not care. <laughs> I don't care about Jimmy Graham. He's going to say these things. Right. He's going to say, "Gone, cut." You know, we don't right. need you. Right? It's it's a whole new, it's a whole new, it's a whole new guy with a whole new mentality. And it is going to decide how to make decisions. So, did you purposely try to avoid an Aladdin reference there with a whole new world? It seemed like you knew what you were about to I, say I, and you avoided it. I did. I did. I was like, I don't, that's also just not the right thing to say in that sentence. <laughs> I, mean, so. it's, it, I mean, it is yeah, a whole, whole new world, world kind man. of in Alice Hall ish. Not really. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, you were right. Sort of. You were right. Um, now, I, uh, I want to ask you this. Um, how, like, we knew it wasn't really a possibility. How upset are you that George McCaskey is still the owner of the team? Because well, he's technically not the owner. He's technically or sorry, the, chairman. the chairman. Sorry. The guy who makes the decisions, chairman, um, Virginia's the owner. He's on the board, all that. Because let's play this quote. He said that we are going to evaluate the coaches and, and the GMs based off their record, based off their performance. But apparently that does not apply to himself. And Mark right. Potash roasted him, and here's the clip. How accountable? How are you accountable for the record that you have? Like you said, it's a bottom line business: wins and losses. You know, no playoff wins, two winning seasons. You know, that's not a great record. So how how are you accountable for it? And 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 like I said, does that is does that lend merit to the idea that that somebody else should be, you know, like a like like a Bill Polian type should be at the at the at the top? Yeah, my performance is reviewed by ownership and the board of directors and ownership has informed me that uh, it wishes me to continue in this role. So mommy said, good job. So, good so, job, buddy. Well, Keep and going. let's, let's also not forget that the members of the board, I think three fifths of them Our have the name Miss Caskey. So uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Including George. him. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yourself. Good to know that your family still likes you, bud. Yeah. I mean, that I wasn't Better expecting any change there. Like it's hard to be upset when you weren't expecting a change there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, like, it's, like we it's, like we all knew he wasn't going to step down. I know, but it, it was just it was just more reminders that they should sell the team. But again, like there's people who are very frustrated with George and with Ted and with that press conference. Yes, be frustrated. We are. You just listened to 59 minutes of the show. We're pissed. We're we're upset. But. The reason why I let off with what I let off with is the moment this hiring process is done, whenever that may be, two, three weeks, a month, whenever it is, 
it's they're they're out of the picture. He can go sit in his press box and be a fan, or not his press box, his his, his box in Soldier Field and be a fan. And in right. Arlington Heights in 10 years, he'll sit in his box and be a fan. And the current, the next GM and head coach will make the decisions. So once this is over, you don't got to hear from him for another 350 days. And then Hopefully. does this dumb press conference again in 350 days. I mean, he's going to do it every year, regardless of whether he's new head coach yeah, or not. Probably. Um, I don't know why he does, because it's just not great for his reputation. But the positive <laughs> is you're done with this guy the moment they hire a new head coach and GM because those guys run the show now and he has made it very, very clear. Football is not what he's about. And you could have your opinions on that, but football is not what he's about. He's gone. GM and head coach run the show. And that's the positive because would you be more upset if he was involved in football? Probably. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out sooner or later, probably sooner what the direction of the team is, who your GM is, at least who your coach is probably. And We'll go from there. I mean, obviously, we will do episodes as we figure stuff out, as stuff is announced. Um, you know, if there's no news for a week, for two weeks, I mean, we're not going to sit here and just look at each other. But as stuff happens, we will be here for you. Like, we're always here for you because we care about you. If you don't care about us, fine, whatever. I don't know. We care about you, though. And we care about this team, for better or for worse. So we'll see where that gets us. Um, high blood pressure, mostly. But other than that, it's been... Mostly enjoyable. And we're going to have fun with this. I think as we start to move farther away from the George McCaskey press conference, it'll be better. It'll be easier to feel better about the coaching search and the GM Mm -hmm. search. And we can start to get kind of excited about the potential candidates. So we will be here for all of it. Rest assured when stuff pops, we will be here to break it down and talk about it with you guys. So until that does happen, we love you guys. Thank you to all the listeners, all the viewers. We appreciate you. You guys are the best. You know, thanks for sticking with us for the season. It was not an easy season, we know. But, hey, we had some fun still. We had some great guests. We're still going to have some great guests. And until next time, guys. We have one coming up. Yes. And until then, just remember, bear down, and we are Team Olin Cruz. Well, come on. Bear down. Yeah.